One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi Peas, it's Mandy here. Just wanted to let you know at the start of this episode that it's just me today. Kate has a family funeral, so we will miss her today. And secondly, this is a content trigger warning at the beginning of this episode, as we will be talking to Louise today about the statistics of sexual abuse and violence for people with disability. So um, if that means today is not for you, we completely understand. So just press stop and we'll see you next week. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast meeting is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we would like to pay respect to their elders past, present and immersion and their multiple birth parents with children with disabilities. Louise Mapleston is a social worker and the founder of Check and Chat, a consent, body safety and respectful relationships, education and counselling service for people with disability. This podcast contains truth, laughter and the occasional F word, so it's not really suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. All right, hello. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is Lou, or Louise Mapleston, yep. um, and... I am a social worker and I guess I'm a professional and um, yes. I run Check and Chat. I'm the founder of Check and Chat. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a consent and body safety and I guess respectful relationships um, service for people with disability. Mm, we're going to hear all about it. I'm thrilled. This is all, I love all this stuff. So yeah. let's um, let's get to our questions. Uh-huh. So can you tell me about your favourite music that you listen to in the good times or some for the tricky times? Yeah, sure. I am a huge like soul funk, like 1950s, 60s R&B. Ah. Um, so I reckon my favorite song is, um, Sam Cooke's version of like, is it let the good times roll or mm, good, good times? Ah, 
it's like funky and it's chill. Yeah, awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah, Annalise, who does the show notes and does her Spotify, she she would agree with you in this genre. So she will put that straight onto Spotify. Yeah, yeah. I have like great memories of just doing like I, I do a bit of swing dance. Like I did did pre pandemic uh-huh. swing dancing and just like oh. doing some cool like blues and swing dancing to the song and just feeling awesome. Yeah, very good. Oh, oh that sounds great. We've all you know got those certain songs, don't we? Yeah. 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 And tell me, did you win any awards at school or have you won any awards in your life? Mm, yeah, I, I won lots of awards at did school. Did you? Um, yeah, I, I, I have a theory. All the professionals on here are like little award winners. I think so because pretty much everyone has been pretty award winning. Yes. Yeah. And my theory is like we've then we've just gone on to careers where people just like thank us and give us things all the like praise yes. all the time. Interesting. We, we try. It's my theory on things. Yeah, I want lots of them. Yeah. Were you like academic, sporty, creative? Um, yeah, so it was a mixture of like mostly um creative awards. So I played the trumpet um ah, and, and singer and, right. and then I also won I guess like lots of the community awards. So like I was like the president of the student body and ah. got to do cool like leadership courses and won like yes. local council city awards and yep. doing community things. Oh, but yeah. Wow. Um, I haven't won anything since though. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's change that with this important work. Let's get it's you been some more. Fourteen awards. years, very, it's very much like a, like I think, like a medium-sized fish in a very small pond that yeah. goes into and yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, Kate and I just got nominated for Australians of the Year two years ago. I mean, that yeah. just came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. So let's just see. I mean, because <laughs> I've listened to the episodes on awards for you guys, and I, I just think that's so cool that people, you know, as adults, is like you actually, you know being seen for the great work you do. Um, yeah, well, it's just as long I'm just all about meaningful awards. It's just the ones yeah. that are trite, that ups, that are upsetting. But if they're oh, meaningful and then, yes, I'm right on board. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. And it, you, I can really see how these, these the whole the whole issues around awards is, is just, it's, it's, it's the concept itself is a bit odd. It and is. I think it's created a complex in me as well, you know, That's like Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like mm. I, I feel like I then left high school and I was like, oh, I can do all these things and people will notice me. And it's like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just, I'm just average. Average. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. I can imagine how that you, we would feel like that. Yeah. If there's yeah. lots of praise and lots of encouragement and then you go out into the world and you're like, actually, you're just a run-of-the-mill person. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And I think as well, like, you kind of get um, my experiences that, that the school will pick you from year seven. They will, they they have their people, they go, we're going to put all our resources into this individual and they're the ones that are just going to continue yeah. to build it for the attention, be chosen for all the leadership stuff. It's true. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it really makes some weird brain stuff. Yeah, I think it probably does too. <laughs> How, tell me our last question and most important, why are you in our P community? Um, so I'm a P professional first yeah. and foremost. Um, and then the next bit, so my mum is someone who has been investigating potentially being autistic mm. for the past five years, So, right. but hasn't gotten a formal diagnosis. She right. spoke to a GP and 
I mean, it's already barriers, a lot of barriers for like neurodiversity. Yeah. But being 65 and seemingly things have been okay, mm. um, the GP has been resistant to doing any further investigation. Right. But mum is definitely, um, I guess, kind of leaning into the <laughs> self-identification of that. Yes. So I, I guess that's, if you're the child. Yes, I was trying to work out from because I remember you emailed and said, what is a term <laughs> if you're a child of a neurodiverse parent? And we haven't made one up, so we need one. I was just thinking, I don't know. We'll have to we have to come up with that. I don't know why we haven't. It's long to have kids, right? And that's going to be a whole thing of identity in itself as well. Because we we come out being a bit who we. (laughs) Of course, who you are. Yes, yes. Well, I'm sorry we have neglected that, but someone will help us come up with that because the peas come up with everything. The peas do. And the pea shoots have the babies and the shoots. Yeah, that's all right. Exactly. 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 Yes, yeah, that's my, uh, that's really shaped, I think, my mum's way of seeing the world because that's yes. and my main, like, primary parent has yes. really, like, particularly the work I'm doing now on relationships and mostly with kind of autistic individuals has really yes. shaped how I come to things and understand the world. So, Of course. So did you go straight into social work from year 12? No, no. no. I was at uni for, like, seven years. Um, right. Yeah, so I did, um, well, I started Bachelor of Arts and I yep. dropped Right. That's what you got to do. Yep. Um, and then I took a gap year and I completed first a Bachelor of Health Science, yep. um, majoring in health promotion and public health. Mm. Um, and then once I did that, I decided to add on a Bachelor of Social Work to Clever. it. Yeah. Yes, right. And yep. while you were doing that, did you do like placements? Did you do any of this sort of work while you were yes. studying? Obviously the yeah. public health stuff would come into that. Um, yeah, so I, so in terms of like my placements and stuff, so in, to be a qualified social worker in Australia, you have to do a thousand hours of, um, unpaid placements, yes, yes. Um, which is just an astronomical amount of that time. That is a lot. Yeah. So my placements were with, um, like back at uni, it was, um, working with young people experiencing their first episode of psychosis. Right. So yeah, I was working with young people who experiencing their first episode of psychosis. And then I also did a placement at Corrections Victoria mm. with people who were in community corrections. So had either exited prison and then were, um, doing all sorts of stuff in the community or they didn't go to prison and then we're doing like community work and, um, have a range of other conditions as part of their orders. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um, so disability, yeah. unfortunately, I guess, is overrepresented. Overrepresented. Yeah. <laughs> like yes, it is. In the justice system, yep. in um, we look at psychosocial disability in terms of young people presenting with psychosis, also yes. psychosis within individuals with intellectual disability, yes. individuals much higher. Yes. Um, yeah, so that, that, that was my placements. Um, right. And so yeah. what what was then your first sort of full-time job after that? Yeah. So I got a role. Well, I'd also worked in um, emergency housing as well or doing comprehensive assessments of people um, presenting as homeless or at risk of homelessness while I was also studying. And then I managed to get a full-time role in drug and alcohol. Right. Um, doing kind of comprehensive assessments and counselling of individuals wanting treatment, mm. which was or being ordered to have treatment that was mm. um, 
So, yeah, and again, lots of over-representation of people with disabilities mm. in that in that field as well. So mm. I did counselling and mm. ran groups and um, did intake and assessment and, yeah. You, that was really broad, all the things that you'd already seen. Wow. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, psychosis, housing, but it all intertwined yeah. right? because the thing is of course. You know, people who are experiencing Homelessness have higher rates of drug and alcohol use, yes. more likely to have experienced psychosis mm. or be diagnosed with a psychosocial disability. Mm. Um, so it's, it's all yeah. people can't stand with my hands are doing like. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like fish. <laughs> like fish moving, all yeah, connected. all together. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. And so, okay, you did that work. And then when did you start this business? Check uh, and track. So- yeah, how the hell did this happen? So I realised I didn't want to work with, because most of the presentation of people in drug and alcohol are like, usually it's actually like middle-aged men. Right. In all these sectors, it's men. It's yeah, most interesting. Men is with drug and alcohol issues, men in the correctional systems. Mm. Um, and my passion ongoing is really, it's working with like, well, not only just with women, but it's it's women's health and, yeah. and, and issues that um, I guess disproportionately affect women. So um, I. I was so lucky. I got a role as at Sakaza, which oh, is yes, yep, the Southeastern Centre Against Sexual Assault and Family Violence, also mm. in Daniel. Yep. Um, and I got that role as a primary prevention coordinator, so their school program coordinator. Ah, fascinating. Yeah, after drug and alcohol, and so I worked delivering group programs. This is where I learned. This is the beginning of it for me. So yeah. um, I started delivering like protective behaviours and body safety. Yes. Like, trainings and groups in um primary schools high schools community settings disability settings mm. and also running consent education and respectful relationships work in um high schools and just general community groups as well right right oh wow yeah. um yeah um and the pandemic happened and schools oh, didn't exist anymore of course <laughs> in melbourne at least yeah oh, goodness well, what did yeah. that mean for you did you just take time off or did you um on the business yourself or yes so I I got out of Sakata um because it it was just um probably not the like being in a sexual assault service in a time of social trauma is like oh gosh Lou I can imagine yeah Yeah. I really got my hand on my heart yes yeah um, so I actually, I, I finished up at Sakaza, but I knew my work wasn't done, mm. but I was like, I can't do the work that I wanted to do. So then yeah. I actually got a role part-time at Headspace, the National yes. Mental Health Service. Ah. Um, and I was working there part-time as a clinical advisor in the national office. Um, and then while doing that, that was running training on mental health and um, research and writing for corporate organizations around mental health. That's when I started my business with Check and Chat because ah. I had I had the time because I was only yes, part-time that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, and that's when I was like, okay, this is now now is the time, and this is really important. So yeah, um, so that began in just two years ago in 2021. Wow, and yeah. I know when I started my own sleep business, I had such pride in creating mm. it how I wanted to. How, how did you feel about doing that and being your own, the person that could do it how you want? There's no one above you saying you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way. Okay, so 
terrifying. Yes. Most of the time. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm a social worker, not a business lady. Yes, um, exactly. I did hire a coach. So right. um, her name is, she's a social worker. She's a very smart lady. Yeah. Her name is um, Dr. Aviva Beecher-Kelk. Um, right. She'd actually, um, she did her PhD on the NDIS right. and around consumer choice. Um and uh, like just what that looked like and so she had actually created several businesses and at the website clickability I don't know yes yes so she created that and that was part of her PhD incredible yeah and she I hired her as my coach in the deep dark lockdown with me every two weeks and um she created, she really pushed me, you know, like she was like, you got to do this, got to come up with an elevator pitch. Like what is the business structure? And I'd be like, I don't know. Oh, yes. <laughs> but she was so good. Like I really recommend anyone getting like a coach or something to. Yeah, a business coach. Yeah. Something. Yeah. A mentor. Yeah. Um, you're not a business lady. Sure. By, by default. Yes. Yes, I am yeah. not either. My goodness. Yeah. Yes. Did you have a coach as well, Manny? No, no. I just was very um, bold and thought I'll be fine. And you were fine. (laughs) But at that time, 2014, I thought I'm going to start a business on Skype and then I didn't even know how to use it. Anyway, but I just... (laughs) I just obsessed with like I'm going to get the logo first, and then I'm going to do this. It'll look good, and then <laughs> then I'll work out how to use Skype. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like at least my business looks nice. Yeah, you know, the business, like you know. one of those important things. But anyway, I got there, and trial and error yeah. over all the years. Yeah. yeah, and even when we started the podcast, we didn't know we didn't ever know it would go past two episodes. So, yeah. and yeah. and actually, yeah. that behind the scenes business stuff is really overwhelming for Kate and I. It's yeah. so much, right? Like the difference yeah. between like being the clinician and growing is like the person, the clinician, then yeah. being a business owner and being like, yeah. I don't know. And it's yeah. quite, I don't want to do invoices. I don't care. Same. About- <laughs> but we must. But we, we must. must. Yeah. Pass. So yeah. how did you choose the name? Check and chat. Well, actually, my old boss at Headspace would always send me little Zoom things going, check in and chat. Oh, cute. Like- <laughs> and I was like, well, this makes sense. Check. How someone's it would talk about consent, we check yep. in with them and then we have a chat about it. Oh, that's perfect. I don't know. Not <laughs> bam. Yeah, that's the best. Oh, and and so all right, when you were you, you had experience going out in schools, then you start this business. Who do you tar- target's the wrong word? Who are yeah. you trying to get a, 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 you know in contact with first? Do you choose yes. teenagers? Do you choose adults? Do you choose people with intellectual disabilities, autistic people? What? How? Yeah. Where did you begin? Yeah. Right. It's a bit of a you kind of just put a line out into the universe and see what happens. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to focus mostly. I knew that I wanted to work mostly with people um, with intellectual disability. Um, as that, the, this is the group of people who unfortunately have the highest rates of um, sexual victimization. Yes. Um, there's lots of shocking statistics around that. So I thought this is the area of need. Um, but in that, also a lot of young people, um, like mo- a lot of young, I did focus mostly on younger people, mm. but now it's kind of everyone. But at first it was younger people with intellect disability and then also autistic young people. Sure. Um, because I guess the focus on that too is that so we know autistic young people are firstly more like significantly more likely to be a victim of Mm. like relational and sexual abuse but also that they're more likely to engage in what we say harmful sexual behaviors towards others than say the general population Mm. Mm. so 
if we can kind of work from a primary prevention model and actually be providing education and resources and counselling um, for young people who yes. are then hoping, we're hoping this is going to put a little spanner in the work so we can. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah. So we know we did a little warning at the start of this episode, but this yep. is also really challenging for me too. I have a daughter who's 17 with an intellectual yep. disability. So if anybody else is feeling like this is tricky stuff, it's tricky for me too, but this is important. So yep. I am in this with everyone who's listening. Mm. Okay. And we are going to talk about some difficult things. Um, yep. And I'm already, I've got goosebumps, makes me want to cry, all that stuff. So um, we're going to gently do this together. Hey. Yes. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. So when I moved my daughter to a special school in grade five, all of a yep. sudden she was doing protective behaviors. Yeah. Once exactly. a week. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course. And so this has been her whole way through schooling in the specialist wow. schools. Yeah. yeah. So I'm so grateful for that. It yeah. also brings up terrific conversations all the time <laughs> that she might not have had in the mainstream schools. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. Um, you talk about, uh, you've got a few things on your website of ways to work with you. Can yeah. you explain some of those ways? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I, I guess my approach is, um, first and foremost, psychoeducational, you know, like people, I'm not, people aren't coming to me for like deep trauma therapy or anything like yeah. that. So it's from that, you know, there's, I use lots of easy read documents and, um, lots of visuals and things like that, but you know, the work I do is creative. Mm. Um, so, and I'm a, an artist as well, like alongside, like a performing artist alongside yes. this work I do. So like one client, I'm literally making a film mm. with him and, um, and around like he's a specific like cartoon that he's really into. And so right. we're using like what happened, like making a film about like he does stop motion stuff, like what happens yeah. when a person wants this cartoon to send a picture of their private parts, yes. you know, and so he's like making an educational video about this. Wow. Yeah. Um, I have other clients that I do just singing with, like so we look at it's around and that's really enhancing interoceptive skills. So that's, I guess, for maybe people who are like, what the hell does that mean? Mm. Um, so it's, I guess, trying to help individuals be aware of their own internal state and being. Um, how are they feeling? Where is their breath? What's going on inside? Um, because we want people to be able to recognise when they don't feel comfortable or good. Mm. We know that people with cognitive disability have impaired interceptive skills. Like how right. can we expect someone to set boundaries with others yes. or even have those understand the early warning signs if they haven't even done any work just on their own body yes. that feels like. Right. So I do singing with people, breath work, touching our chest and our bellies, like where is the breath coming in? How do I feel like in that? So do lots of creative work. Yeah. Um, and so you can tailor that to the individual? Yes. Oh, yeah. magic. And and so I'm just assuming that this all is um, also available because of the NDIS, is yes. this right? So people yes. can come to you, use their plan, yep. and then yep. we can individualise yep. this. Oh, yes. That is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So that's most of my clients at NDIS. I also have a, um, quite a few out-of-home care clients as well right. who maybe they don't have, like, disability, they have trauma, like extended yeah. trauma and, um, like, relational some relational trauma as well. So, yeah, mm. so, but mostly it's NDIS clients. Mm. Um, 
I do think it'd be great to be able to do this kind of just within the mainstream environments. But well, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a future. We'll help the get future. you there. Yeah. <laughs> and you also talk about working with families. Yeah. Working yeah. with lots of families. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. Working with peas, working with an overprotective mum like me who's freaking oh, out. I love, and oh, can I tell you, pea mums, they'll come to me and they'll be like, I just need to make sure I'm saying the right thing. And they will have, yes, like, the guidelines and appropriate sexual behaviour there. They've read them all, oh, you know. No. And I was like, oh, I think most of the work is just being like, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Well done. And most of them are like, oh, I've got these books and we've done these things. Oh, like, no. Amazing work, Mama. Um, yeah. So if we think about safeguarding, it's really, it, it's a systems-based approach, right? Like, I, particularly when talking about people with an intellectual disability, so I have clients who maybe they say they're 21 years old, but mm-hmm. intellectually, and mm-hmm. um, the speech and communication yes. might be sort of a six-year-old. Yes. So we would not expect a six-year-old to be able to effectively protect themselves, would mm-hmm. we? No. That, that's 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 ridiculous that mm-hmm. we would even suggest. Whereas an older teenager or someone in their twenties, we who is neurotypical, we'd say, great, we think you can probably put things in place to be able to at least protect, do some work around your safety and be able to access your safety networks easily. But for mm. someone who has a cognitive impairment, it, it's unrealistic for us to expect that, even if they're a teenager or early yes. 20s. Yes, yes. So the work is around safeguarding with parents, right, um, and not only just parents, carers, but also the broader systems of schools, your workplaces, workplaces yeah, yep. All sorts of things, um, other therapists, um, with a bit of a wraparound approach because it's it's unrealistic to expect we're going to give this individual this information, but like if this language isn't being repeated with their by their mums and their dads and yes. aunties and grandparents, yeah, family works tricky, hard though, right? Yes, I bet. Um, because you'll often have a lot of my clients' parents are separated. Like we know that yes. rates of separation of mm. kids with disabilities is mm. higher than the general population. Mm. So then how the hell do you have consistent approaches at multiple houses and there's probably then grandparents' houses and all these other things going on? How do we get a solidified approach and language? We each come with our own values systems. We each come with our own histories of abuse yes. or gender intersections yes. of all sorts of things. So it's um, family work. I'm just thinking religion in Kate oh. and I's, you know, world. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's going to be different between parents and grandparents yep. and aunts and uncles and teachers. And yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I do family work, absolutely, um, yeah. but it, it's uh, ongoing, Kate. Mm. Um, yeah. Do you have, um, this is the hard stuff to talk about, do yeah. you have statistics? What are numbers? What are what is that tricky stuff that we need to hear? Yeah. Okay. So I've got them right in front of me here. Yep. So you know, I want to make sure that's correct. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we know now, again, sexual assaults, I'm just going to like put this out there, that when we think about the population that we're working with, let's think about language and communication skills and even just knowing that what's happened to them is not okay. Mm. It's going to be impaired, right, with this group of young mm. people, adults, mm. children. So it's now, and the statistics are also going to vary, right, depending on what you're looking at. Um, but what we know, it's estimated, and you can find this in you can find this in some of the recent com, like disability commission 
Royal, Royal Commission. Yes. Royal Commission that it's estimated up to 90% of women with an intellectual disability will mm. report experiencing sexual abuse. Mm. And um, six, they, this, this particular statistic reckons 68% will be sexually abused before they're 18. Mm. Goodness. Yeah. Um, we also know that children with a disability just in general like it doesn't have to be a cognitive or neurodevelopmental yeah. disability yeah so there's the stat here as a group have 2.88 times higher risk of sexual violence than mm. children who don't have a disability mm. um and then this one here also comes from the royal commission to institutional responses to childhood sexual abuse so they believe children with intellectual or cognitive disability as a whole group are 4.6 times more likely to experience sexual abuse mm. than children with that. Mm. So uh, it's pretty harrowing, isn't it? It's very harrowing, yeah. Yep. yeah. And I know with my friends that have children that are nonverbal, the fear of this in their lives for their children is I, there's not even a word for it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's so hard because it, this is it's system stuff, right? Yeah, and it's much broader safeguarding. It's not we can't. It's not the individual, right? And we're looking at this like social model of disability. Yeah, so they're not the reason why they are at higher risk. No, of course right? not. It's the systems around them and and, and uh, like a whole bunch of factors that make them more vulnerable to. Yes, yes. But we can also, I guess, the good thing is that there are opportunities to give these people language mm. and understanding mm. of what's appropriate and what's not, you know, what's okay and what's not okay. And one, currently we don't even sorry. do that. That's okay. Yep. One of the moments at my daughter's school, one of the boys took a friend into the bushes and yep. they had been told to yell fire. So my daughter was yelling fire, 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 and the teachers all came running. And oh. so that's what they've been taught to say if one of their friends is in harm. And I actually thought, wow, because people will come running if you hear the word fire. Fire. Yeah. So yeah. that is what's taught at her school. And, yep, teachers came running. Everyone was okay. Um, but it was a big moment for me. I was like, gosh, we have to yell fire. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, for people to believe us. And, yes, you know, they're, they're, even for, like, the neurotypical population, I think, there's some, I've got to find these stats, but I was wanting to do presentations on this just to like mainstream schools. It was, I think that kids on average have to tell like people four or five times before I'm they're believed sure. and something is actioned. Yes. Um, because we know who's most likely to be doing this, right? It's, um, this is again, I guess for the audience, it's people in our family and people who are very close to us. Yes. It's not the stranger. Yes. In yes. The bushes. Yes. Yep. It's, it's the the uncle, it's the, yes. the grandfather, it's yes. the brother, it's the dad, it's or yes. it's the, the carer. Or it's it's people who we trust and this is yeah. the worst thing about it because we don't want to necessarily believe what they're saying is true. Of course. How awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, harrowing. So this makes your work all the more important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you feel a heavy responsibility around that when we talk about statistics and then how important your work is? Um, yeah, I do, right? Because it, this is, it's not, and this is a thing, right? Like it's obviously it's so high in the disability world, like these statistics are just awful, but 
even for the people without disabilities and for the yep. people sitting like this is something I would say most women, yes, and of course some men, yes, have experienced some kind yes of sexual violence. Now whether that is as not as small, that's a bad word, but it's like kind of um, like on the on the level of just a cat call or sexual yeah. harassment in the workplace yeah. versus yep. full blown sexual assault. You know, yes. I say most women. Yes. I don't know a woman who hasn't experienced yes. some level of sexual mm. violence. So mm. it's heavy on just a systems level, but also then we're going to add this very, very vulnerable population. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Tell me about when you um, when you're talking about porn. Yeah, porn. Massive. Interesting stuff. Massive. Um, now, for the I guess from my end, I've done some really interesting training on this. Um, right. So there is currently, and I encourage all readers, listeners, readers, whoever you are, yeah. to, to have a Google of um, some interesting work coming through from Dr. Wen Lawson. Right. Marie Crab. Have you heard of Marie Crab? No. No. Marie's amazing. She can hear Yeah. Um, but <laughs> she runs a website called It's Time We Talked. Uh, Australian-based, and she's created all these documentaries about young people in porn. But she's teamed up with Dr. Wen Lawson, and they uh, are doing specific autism and porn-focused research and right, community work. Right. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of porn work. Mm. Porn work. I don't do porn <laughs> 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 explaining yeah porn explain porn literacy yes with, um with lots of people porn literacy that is yeah the word. totally yeah so like mandy in terms of like your your young people who go to school with your daughter and mm. what what's the conversations about this like oh there's lots there's there's also the lgbtqi Mm-hmm. there's transgender friends yeah. like you in the special school I feel like that is just this beautiful place where everyone oh, can truly be divine. who they want to be yeah. yeah yeah and I don't know if that actually is mirrored in the mainstream schools because I feel like everyone can be who they want to be there so um yeah everything is spoken about everything yeah 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 it's pretty cool isn't it um, so, like, the work that I tend to do, it's um, often with, oh gosh, this, it's actually so interesting. I'd love to learn heaps more about it because it's an emerging field. Mm. Because we know that, so it's in particular for um, autistic, young autistic men, mm. porn can be, have, 
play a, a really interesting role in people's lives. Mm. So I guess here's a bit of another scary statistic for you. Um, the average boy, just regular boy, will start watching porn at age 12. Mm. Mm. The average person has their first sexual experience about age 17. Mm. So you've got five years. Yes. Young men watching increasingly probably violent, not so great. I'm sure it's not, none of this feminist ethical porn. It's probably yeah. the old porn. Yeah. Porn. Yeah. Um, five years before they're actually probably getting contact with another body. Yes. Worrying. Hey. Yes. Yeah. And then you add, say, autism on top. Yes. And um, Dr. Wen Lawson has this trope. It's called, it's a, it's sorry, a, a term. It's called monotropism. And this idea that the brain will just go zero in on this one thing and become, you know, very oh, fixated, right, of course. Yeah. on on this thing. And porn can serve lots of functions for people. So firstly, you know, just feels good, right? Yeah. People can masturbate and have a good time, yeah. um, which most people do, right, yeah. in the general population. Mm. But also it can, it's a, if you're an anxious person, well, you can control everything that happens. You can, yes, right? You right. can choose the world that you want to be in. You can choose the outcomes of whatever's going on. Right. Um, a lot of young autistic men are very anxious, right? Mm. There's a whole, um, you can, and there's choice in the women or the man that you're choosing everything in there and this world's perfect for you, isn't it? Mm. And it can be really difficult to switch. So if you're like, if, if porn is your thing and you're just like, and the autistic brain's like zeroing in on this, it's so it can be very hard for some individuals, not all of course, to kind of then to switch to going back to I don't know Every their homework person. or the whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you'll then find a lot of young autistic men are finding themselves like trapped in these cycles of just like just hours of porn a day. Right, right. Um, which is we then we can imagine is gonna have a whole bunch of other um effects along the road. So yeah. Um, it's a real thing. It's happening. I get lots of young men who kind of got some stuff around that. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah, and and what? How how do you work with that? What are yeah. some of your approaches? Or are they individual? And so for the people that it say it's not at that level where it's like in, impairing their daily functioning, and most yeah. people aren't there, right? Like that's not for most people. Yeah, if we just got to enhance porn literacy, you know, it's things like. And, I, and lots of parents, I know that it's awkward, but for you parents, I actually think this needs to start with you. Yeah. Um, so it's like talking about, you know, and, and these concepts can be hard, but it's talking about, well, what is, what is, how are bodies in real world versus porn world? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. But you can also have conversations about the media as well. Mm. I mean, like, you know, how are people represented on the screen? If porn's too much for you right now, you can start with movies and, and <laughs> other media, right, and bodies and that and then have Got that, it. like things like that. Yeah. Um, we can talk about those unrealistic expectations of women that we see in porn. Yeah, like, all the time. All yeah. the time. They're just called a plumber and bam, having mm. sex with the plumber. Like mm. does that actually happen? Mm. Um. <laughs> Well, not for me, but no, I just... <laughs> oh dear, oh goodness, yeah, yeah, massive, um, massive. So there's, there's lots of I think just doing what we call I guess um, porn literacy, yeah, porn literacy, but it's not. Yeah, well, perfect, perfect <laughs> is is really helpful for parents. You guys can do it. I know that it's like awkward. Yeah. Sometimes, though, with our children that are neurodiverse or have an intellectual disability, that awkwardness is kind of not there. Um, 
They, matter of fact. Matter of fact. Yeah. We, you know, we talk about bodies all the time. Yes. You know, in my world, we're helping showering, we're helping yes. cleaning, yes. all of that stuff. So actually for some of us, I think that's easier than with our yeah. neurotypical children. Oh, yeah. And, and cool. also what that yeah. then brings to the family is that, okay, well, we're all talking about this. Right. Yeah, because it's every everyone's watching it. It's the thing, yes. right? It's not just do uh, people disabilities. It's like, well, it's everyone. Yeah. So I actually think <laughs> my my family, and I definitely think Kate would agree too in her family that this is all sort of normalised yeah. in our p worlds. Yeah. 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 How good. How nice. Yeah. Well, I think it's awesome, and it's been you know huge learning curves, but also it's just the way it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, well, we're just going to do this today. Yeah, we're just talking about this today. Yeah, and things just come out. And this is what Kate and I always say, if we could tell all these stories, we would have our podcast to be number one, but we cannot. Oh, man, I, there's stories I can tell. <laughs> exactly, but well, we will not and, of course, not. So, yeah. um, but uh, because we've had teens, all this has been really massive over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love this. So yeah. good. And so, like, Mandy, when you were having conversations around, this stuff with your teens what would you say was the most helpful bit like what what was helpful like what or what if you could go back like what would you want um what what comes to mind is that every now and then she even did it last week she just said oh when you made my sister you and dad had sex and I said yes we did and so it just came, it was just like a Tuesday at 4.30, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bam, oh, Bam, okay, we're talking about this right now. So <laughs> like just being prepared, like prepared to be unprepared that this sort of stuff just comes up whenever it comes into their minds. So yeah. I just try to be um, relaxed about it and just be truth-telling. So yep. I think just, yeah, matter of fact, and yep, yep, this is the truth. This is what happened. That's yeah. how it sort of worked for me. Yeah. 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 I, and I don't that's, know if so that's cool. an answer to the question. I think that's absolutely an answer. And I think, like, for anyone else listening, it's okay also to set boundaries on it as well. Like, yeah, if you think right. it just on a Tuesday at 4 30, it's like, yeah. you should have sex. You could be like, you know, like, where are we? Are we in the car? Are we in a yeah, public yeah. place? You know, <laughs> we could be like, so these are things we talk about in private. And maybe you could even make a time. Perfect. Or Thank a weekend. You. Yes. Um, when you're both ready for it. Like, that's also fine to set some boundaries. Yeah. But I think it's so good that you could be open to yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um, acknowledge it. And so we're going to come back to this on maybe Saturday. Yeah, that's really good. Thank or you. Something. I don't know. Also, what just popped into my mind is that, you know, I went to the Royal Children's Hospital and got all the books. I got the books about periods. I got the books about sex, all that stuff. Yeah. But I felt like, and this is no, this is just the speed of the world, yeah. that, that stuff was already inaccurate and yeah. already sort of behind. Yes. And so I think this individualized work is actually yes. much more you know, yeah. important now than say even 10, 15 years ago, you went and got that one book. Book. Well, the books are still have a good place, right? Definitely. Like, Maybe yeah. for me, the period one, it doesn't talk about period undies and it doesn't talk about, you know, there's yes. different things now that are like yes. a little bit more, I don't know, up to date. But yes, yes I, I'm not criticizing the books. I'm just saying, yeah, you know, printing a book can't be as quick as making a Facebook post or Instagram no. stories or, you know. And there's, gosh, TikTok is full of, uh, well, of TikTok's course. full of lots of things, isn't it? But yeah. There's some, cool, <laughs> there's some cool some cool um, people on TikTok kind of talking about this. Um, Instagram can be good posts and lovely yeah. like. Um, yeah, I forgot about TikTok. That's where my daughter's on. So, yeah. YouTube. What are some of the stuff you've seen on there? Oh, like I've just talked, like I think you can look up. I, I think you 
like consent TikTok and there's yes, like all right. talking about about this and boundaries and stuff and obviously with the algorithms yeah. once you kind of look at one and you like that or whatever then yeah. that's well, I can't think of anyone specifically no that's okay but consent TikTok we will find it yeah course. yeah it, it's been a thing yeah yeah YouTube, heaps yeah. of stuff like and I know we say this all the time but like I'm telling you there is so much free stuff yeah. on the internet definitely yeah um, planet puberty is uh-huh. family planning new south wales has actually created an entire website for parents of kids with intellectual disability ah, perfect i didn't know that right okay planet puberty, planet puberty. protective behavior stuff but also yep. just general sexuality yeah. stuff porn stuff and actually yep. videos you can watch to see how they're scripting it ah. and what's what's the language that they're using ah, um right. it's pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. One of the tricky things that's just sort of happened in my house is yeah. uh, texting friends um, and declaring love uh, over texting. Uh, so what are some of the things and then <laughs> having to be told back in the text, sorry, I've got a girlfriend, which is mm. fine, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But from supporting on my end, that was all sort of challenging. I was like, oh, my gosh, in my day we weren't texting our love to people. We had to write letters. <laughs> and I'm so Generation X. Yeah, yeah. So um, is, is that another thing too about sexting and texting and tell us all about all that stuff? Absolutely it is. And it is huge. And, this, mm. you know, it's so interesting because a lot of like, you know, the young people I work with, their literacy skills aren't very good, right? Some yeah. use just um, like voice to text. Oh, yeah, she does voice to text. Yeah. 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 Um, but somehow they're still all <laughs> sending pictures of their private parts and yes. writing these explicit messages of this advanced language. I'm like, I am impressed but also a bit terrified. Yeah, um, and I'm terrified of all that um, yes, AI yes. stuff. Yeah. So um, there is lots of resources. Um, Mali Legal center does has some great videos on um the sexting laws mm. for people with intellectual disability yes so awesome that exists i can send that through to you manny yeah um, terrific but in like so then we can we can just say well this is the law so yeah, this, this is, is black this, it's white yeah this is what yes. the police say this is what people you know, yeah we don't now, want you to get into trouble yeah thing is, unfortunately, now I guess I'm put to a bit of value judgment, but in Victoria, like, you can sex at age 12. Yeah, right. Okay, at 12. Yeah. So I guess for people, and this is similar for people across, actually, I think Victoria is the most um, kind of free with this. Oh, terrific. (laughs) But it does mean if you're based in Victoria, it's like if you're age 12 up to 17, so essentially you can sext someone as long as obviously there is consent, but they cannot be more than two years older than you. Okay, or right. Or two years younger, so 24 Got months. That. Right, yeah. Obviously, 17-year-olds can't sext an 18-year-old because sure. they're an adult. Adult. Mm. But then to make it more confusing, technically at 17, you can be having sex with adults. Yes. Because the age of consent is 16. 16. Sexual consent. So um, we're in a, yeah, it's like how do we then, ex- and this is tricky, right? So how yeah. do we explain? the black and whiteness of this law to say 16 and 17 year old kids with intellectual disability who maybe have boyfriends and are having oh, sex or, but they want to send to the 18 year old boyfriend, but they're yes, 17 and right. someone's in possession of child abuse based imagery. Oh gosh. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So this is work I do with people and families. Mm. Um, and a big, you know, we do lots of, um, 
lots of work on being like what would, you know, games about what can happen, Mm. thinking about all the different things that could happen, thinking about their life and like, well, if your picture went out, you know, getting them to say, well, can you take it back? No. Mm. Mm. Um, And what what consequences, like how would you, or also how would you feel, you know, and then most kids, even kids who have um, difficulties accessing language can say like, I'd be really sad. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, and some other kids like mortified, you know, and like, oh, my grandma would see it. Like, yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Other kids, yeah. principal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, it's like that balance, right? Because you want people to be able to have, access and be able to engage developmentally appropriate doing developmentally appropriate stuff but also how do we expect young people with a cognitive impairment to think critically about this yeah 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 really tricky yeah which is why it has to be an approach with parents with teachers with other guardians your therapists yeah it's all enforcing the same messages I, I feel like um, thrilled that protective behaviors has been a class that she's done every week. I can't believe so, that. That's amazing. Yeah, every week, protective behaviors is whatever day it is. I think it's any a Wednesday. Other schools doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would hope they are, but this is in the specialist school, high school. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, there's some of those things that are just ingrained in her. Yeah. That I'm so thankful for. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's what makes me sometimes concerned for our people with an intellectual disability or autism in mainstream schools and they don't get access to this stuff. No. Because wouldn't not. all our kids benefit from this? Every in secondary schools, everyone. Everyone, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's hard, right? Because then, like, we add to what happens if you just really like this person? Yeah. And you just want them to tell you that your boobs look great, right? Like, that's, and that's all you want. Yes. So we can know the rules, but end of the day, like, of course, are, we just we don't know. We just want to be told we're pretty, of right? Yeah. Um, and it's hard. And like, how do we? How do we even talk to the to to young people about that? Being like, oh, we want well, you I'm to old. Be these yeah. adults, right? Yeah. When it comes to broader self-esteem and self-worth yep. stuff, like that, that is tricky, ongoing work. Yeah. But at least yeah. we can give language, at least we yes. can give frameworks to young people to start engaging with these concepts. And that's yeah. better than you and I got at school. The right? other day so, I said, I'm just going to brush your hair. Maybe we'll do a bit of dry shampoo. And she yeah. said, my body, my choice. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I said, okay, all right, you're right. Genuinely, I don't know of any. I've not heard of another special school. Now, prove me wrong. Who is doing this? Like, you know, oh, well, you will hear. People will tell yeah, us. I hope yeah. so. Like, this yeah. will give me joy. Yeah. Because um, yeah. some schools are doing. Like, I, I, I've been running um, eight week programs at a autistic school here in Melbourne. Mm. Like last year and last term, the next term, mm. awesome stuff. But like, I don't know of any. It's not in house. No, not right. in house. Um. So yeah. yeah. I would yep. love to hear. Please give me hope for the world. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I give you hope. I also wanted to ask you about your Fringe and your comedy show. Yeah. You told us a little bit about that in your email. So tell tell us. Yeah, so I guess before I started Check and Chat, so this has all been an interest for a long time, um, yeah. I'm actually part of a musical comedy duo called Pink Flappy Bits. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that name. Perfect. Which started like nine years eight nine years ago right. um, 
when I met my comedy partner, Tara, at uni. Right. Um, and, yeah, like at the time, this is pre-Me Too and all this stuff. And so, yeah, yeah. we've done um, multiple fringe comedy festival shows. Um, last year we had a choir that actually oh. joined us and they arranged all of our songs that we had made and they made it into a choral, like, extravaganza. This, How like, awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm not currently, we're taking a bit of a hiatus. Sure. Um, but I really, I think what I would love, and if there's anyone that wants to kind of know someone, I, I would actually love to be able to create some body safety songs. Yes, and yes. Make engaging music. Um, We've got for, lots of music therapists that listen to us, heaps of them. Yeah. Yeah, um, so you just don't even know the awesome P music people out there. There's heaps the of them. whole world, and we yeah. know that, like, these young people just love engaging creatively of and dancing and the singing do. and um, the most creative group of people that I know. Really? people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And if you don't spend time with the whole group of adults with intellectual disability, you're missing out. What, genuinely <laughs> missing out? I, I, it's, it's so cool finding yeah. this world and just being like, this is my people. Like this yeah, is. Yeah, I know. How nice. Greatest people. Yeah. Well, yeah. what? If that's something for the future as well, I hope someone gets in contact with you and you can rejig that work because it sounds really fabulous just for you as a person as well. Yeah. And that creative work. Outlet. Or that outlet. Yeah. 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 So so Ooh. when you're doing, and I used to work at a parenting centre where we worked with children um, in child protection and I know yep. people that are listening that do human suffering work, how do you sort of care for yourself I know we you know we mock self-care sometimes but I'm genuinely asking you because yeah you're doing some tricky work um it looks different every day yeah um, yesterday it was going to the pub and having a beer with my partner <laughs> right yeah um but also like I'm I'm still doing so I'm in a choir at the moment ah. I have to learn songs and like French, yes. Italian old English wow and actually just putting my brain yep. into something that's just Totally different. Totally different. Yeah. Um, I was in a women's acapella chorus for five years. I just oh. loved it. I had to learn the baritone part. Sometimes yep. I didn't really learn it. I just made it up myself. We won't tell them that. <laughs> but just the, uh, just going there every week and definitely turning my brain to something different. Yeah. And even yeah. though it's hard sometimes. Yeah. But you really, like, I need to do this. It's important. If you're like, actually, I'm, I'm no good I'm anymore. Out. Yeah. I'm out. Um, I'm like taking, actually I want to take, I was not going to take next week off. And then I kind of sat with myself like a few days ago and I was like, I'm so tired. Yes. I'm getting things. Yeah. I think it's time. I'm just going to go away actually alone for a couple of days. Right. Yes. And you go and Beautiful. Someone um, put on their Instagram, I think it was Claire Tonti who wrote, rebellious rest. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am going to rebelliously rest yeah. You know, just yes, we need to have downtime. Yeah. Like yeah. You, have, you will be, and like to the other clinicians, they're like, and even the mums, right, and the dads who are doing this work, like, yeah, it's yeah. But we speak to the professionals. I really want you guys to know that we, um, because some, t- I mean, mostly we're not critical, but sometimes we can be. And oh. um, I just want you all to know that we're so thankful for you and grateful for this work. 
Yeah, and it's tough stuff, right? Because it's yeah, not it just is the individual tough. you're working with. It's the family systems. It's the whole systems. And like, That's right. I've already cried three times in this Zoom, and you have had to take that on as well. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's. I'll probably cry afterwards. <laughs> I know that's fine. We tell everyone to be gentle after recording because it does yeah. bring stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also a psychologist. I have yep. I have Dr. Jane, who I've been seeing for five years now, Thank and I you, love Dr. Jane. Yes, she's the best. Yeah. Um, I think you got to have that, and I have a definitely. Who's also a psychologist? Two psychologists. Yep. <laughs> yeah, my neighbour. Yeah. She's a psychologist. Just over the fence every now and then, yep. do a little check in. Yeah, a little check in. It's, it's super grateful it's for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. Well, is there anything we've missed that you would love to tell the world? I mean, obviously, we'll put all the links in your show notes. You did add in links to um, places for people to contact if anything's upset them today. Yeah. Could so you just got, do a bit of a yeah. shout out of those numbers? So Visa, 1-800-RESPECT, it's our national family violence and um, sexual assault kind of line. Mm. Um, it's free. You can call and they might refer you to your local, yep. local service and it depends where you are. Yes. Um, I've also included in there um, for Victorian-based listeners, so SACL, which is mm. the sexual assault crisis line. If that's someone you, you're like, this has really affected me, you can call yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and then they can also refer you to your latest, your closest sexual assault service. Sure. Um, and I think I also put in a national sexual assault yes. um, database. Um, so that will be yeah. in our show notes as well. In your show notes, yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of anything else, I think I just wanted to say that age three is when we would say it's very appropriate to start talking about your private parts yeah. and naming them. And naming them. Yeah. This, it's young, right? And you're not going to make this young person overly sexual or whatever. No, like, of course actually, not. There's no evidence suggesting that. Mm. But start young, um, use the proper language. Yep. And this is just little by little it's enhancing, I guess, that young person's um, own bodily autonomy. And Even so- when I worked in childcare, I was saying, I'm changing your nappy now, I'm getting yep. the wipes, I'm going to wipe your vagina, we're going to clean yep. you up, all that sort of stuff. I know people mm. in early childhood do that work from yeah. ba- little, little babies. Yes. So we can yep. all even start younger than three even with yeah. that, can't we? Yeah. Absolutely, because the other siblings will be listening. You know, there's That's like right. Things like that. So it's it's not you're never too young. There's lots of great books, resources, everything out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just thank you so much for having oh, me. Oh, I'm just thrilled we had you. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for listening to us. Thanks for being a P something. We're gonna name you. Thank you for doing this work that protects my daughter ultimately. Mm, thank you. Uh, yeah. Even though this is not just about me and her. That's about all of us in our community. Yeah. And and I know that that would take its toll on you sometimes, so I'm grateful to you for that. And exactly. keep up this really important work. <sighs> and I really hope that some way, even this episode, people can get in contact with you and help your business flourish. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, because <laughs> if, if, if anything that Kate and I love the most is giving support to P work. So, yeah, we're Thank super you. proud of that, especially women. We're on your team. Yeah. So, yeah, and I reckon I'll get in contact soon and we'll have our own little meetings with my family. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. I look forward to this. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lou. Wow, I just think every episode we do is the best and then we do another one and then I think, oh my gosh, 
this was incredible and it was full of the trickiness and also the warmth and the hope about teaching and individualizing teaching and I, I just hope it was helpful to some of you. I'm sure I missed a hundred things to ask her. I'm sure I missed, I'm, I'm sure people were yelling, why didn't you ask this? Or why didn't you talk about that? So I'm, I'm sorry if I did miss things. Um, that's all that that's a challenge when Kate and I aren't together because we'll often she'll think of something that I won't of so there is maybe some gaps in there but thank you to Lou for sharing all of her amazing business and her background and just her as a person that is someone that's invested in helping our families in such an important way so please go and follow her follow her in everything uh and uh yeah definitely use her services i i will be uh so um thank you for everyone that's been listening rating and reviewing us on itunes thank you to all the people that are engaging on instagram and facebook and in our our beautiful facebook community two peas podcast hangout um thank you for all of that and we will see you next week okay bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.